the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. In today's episode, we're sharing a presentation from MaxLawCon 2021. Keep listening to hear Jim Hacking as we share his talk, Meeting People Where They Are. You can also head to the Maximum Lawyer YouTube channel to watch the full video. Now to the episode. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. All right. Welcome back, hearty souls. You're still here. It's hard to believe. Has everyone had a good conference? I'm glad. I'm glad. All right, so we're going to get started. We're going to talk about some of the marketing stuff that I like to think about. All right, so you say you want more cases. This is the thing that people tell me over and over and over and over. You've heard all kinds of tactics for the last 48 hours about how to get more cases. And I know that that's important, but we need to talk about one last mindset piece when it comes to that. And that is whether or not that question is actually true. Do you actually want more cases? Because I think there's something inside of you that secretly does not want more cases. And the reason that you don't want more cases is because in the back of your mind, you're going to have to do the work. If Eric has six N400s naturalization applications waiting to go out the door, and he's about to sign another one, he's like, man, that's going to crimp my weekend if I have to do one more N400. And I'm just using Eric as an example, right? So there's always that battle between the person signing up the case and the person doing the work. So I spend a lot of time thinking about that and I believe that it's essential, and this is where leverage comes in, I think it's essential that we break that mindset, that the person who is involved in signing up the cases, their sole job is to deliver as many qualified leads as possible to the fulfillment unit, right? And you've gotta break that mindset. And that goes to capacity. So you have to resolve that internal conflict. If you don't resolve the internal conflict, you will stay at whatever level you're at or whatever level of your capacity is. We've talked all about leverage and using other people, having other people help you, but you've got to make that break. All right, so now that you've decided that you want more cases and you're all in on more cases, we've talked all weekend or all week about the ways that you can bring in cases. You could do it by networking. You could do it by billboards like Saul, like this pirate lawyer, or like David Comey, the attorney that rocks. You could also spend a lot of time trying to get your SEO and your placement on the three-pack. How many of us have been told that placement on the three-pack is the whole key 
to getting more clients. You can also start a YouTube channel like our friend Ryan McKean. So these are all just channels. They're just channels. It's all that they are. It's just one way of communication with other people. They're tactics. And they're important, but you have to do work before you jump into a tactic. You have to sit in your comfy chair and think. Sit in your comfy chair and think with your feet up and a notebook. And I want you all to answer this question in your mind. What is our number one job as marketers? What is our number one job as marketers? First, I'm going to tell you what our number one job is not. Our number one job is not to create demand for our services just because we want cases, right? Too many people think that they can create a market. You can't create a market. There either is a market for what you do or there is not. You can try to get attention for what you do, but you cannot create a market. And so we see people in all kinds of industries say, I'm going to start a bakery. Well, nobody in that neighborhood wants a bakery, right? Or I have decided that because I'm a lawyer and I know how to do estate planning, I'm going to be an estate planning lawyer and people are going to hire me. That doesn't change the dynamic at all. You can't make a market. You have to find the market. You have to research the market. You have to say, to, like for me, I'm an immigration lawyer. You have to say to yourself, where am I going to find the immigrants, right? Our job is to enter the conversation already occurring in the prospect's mind. So somewhere out there in your area where you live, someone is thinking about or could be thinking about what it is that you do. They're having these conversations with themselves, they might even be having these conversations with other people, right? And so our job is to join in that conversation in an unobtrusive way. We don't want to be interrupting people, interruption marketing, we don't want that. We just want to enter that conversation already occurring in the prospect's mind. And in order to do this, we have to know our prospects inside and out. The best way to do that is to listen to them. When they come and they ask you questions, write those questions down because that's going to make great content, right? And that's also going to help you. If you learn the rhythm of their language, then you'll learn how to speak in the rhythm of their language, right? And you want to know what do they think about? What keeps them up at night? Where do they hang out? Who might they ask for help? And then what is their dream outcome, right? These are things you've heard before, but I'm going to show you how it's a little bit different and if you frame it properly, you're really going to be able to light gasoline on fire and really take your marketing to a whole new level. Now, here's the thing. Nobody cares about all the types of cases that you handle. Nobody cares about how long you've been in practice. Nobody cares about these things. And they don't wake up in the morning thinking, how am I going to make Brooks Derrick some money? We wish that they thought that. But yes, we do. But they don't wake up thinking how to make your life better. What they think about is, and what they want to know is, are you the one person out of all possible choices that gives me the best chance to solve my problem? What they care about is their problem, their pain. Can this person relieve my pain? Can you solve my problem? I put it on there twice. All right, now... We're going to talk about the five different types of people, and this is the part that I think is really important, okay? And we say, okay, I'm an immigration lawyer, so I'm going to do immigration marketing. Or I am 
a personal injury lawyer, so I'm going to do personal injury marketing. That's way too broad. It's way too generic. You've got to drill down. And you need to think about where the people are mentally. There are the people who don't know that they have a problem at all. And I'm going to do this as an exercise in a minute. There's people who don't know that they have a problem at all. There's people who know that they have a problem, but don't know what the solutions are. Then there's people who know what the solutions are, but they don't know which one is right for them. There's people who know the advantages and disadvantages of the various solutions that are out there, but they can't make a decision. And then there are the people who are your evangelists. They're brand loyal. They're always going to refer you. So does everyone sort of recognize, and have you come across people in those various stages, or at least, I hope, thought about people in those stages? So how does that play out? So for us, we do citizenship, we do asylum, we do marriage-based green cards. We used to do deportation, we're stopping that, and we do work visas. As you do this exercise, I want you to pick the type of case that brings you in the greatest revenue versus the time spent. So for us, let's just take a hypothetical case, a citizenship case versus an asylum case. So a citizenship case, we charge $3,000. It takes two hours of attorney time, two hours of paralegal time. The profit then would be $2,200 because we've spent $800 of the $3,000. And if you look at a blended rate, just because I didn't break it out between attorney and paralegal, that's $550 an hour for team time spent. Asylum case costs more than twice as much. You might think to yourself, boy, I'm really killing it on those asylum cases. I'm killing it. I'm getting $6,500. I'm going to be able to pay the mortgage this month. But it's a trap. It's a trap because that takes 15 hours of attorney time. It takes 20 hours of paralegal time. And so we actually figured out that the profit was $42 an hour versus $550 an hour. Now if I were standing in front of you and I said, which case would you want? You'd want 10 of those citizenship cases and none of the asylum cases. Now, we continue to take asylum cases because we view it as sort of a public service to people, a humanitarian people that need us. But you've got to do that analysis because, like Paul said earlier, if you don't know how much it costs you to produce a widget, you're going to go out of business even though you have got cash coming in, right? All right. Have you ever felt overwhelmed with everything there is to do within your legal practice? How do you keep up with your legal work while making time for growing your practice and attracting clients? Do important things like deadlines and even your family fall through the cracks? This is why you should join us at the number one conference for legal entrepreneurs, Max LawCon. We're going to be focused on helping practices scale and bringing calm to the order. This conference is curated in order to accelerate your implementation. Based on where you are in your legal practice, we're going to help you identify exactly what is most important right now. When you leave Max LawCon, you go home with complete clarity, focus, and a plan to make 2022 your best year ever. And not only your best year in terms of revenue, but your best year in terms of time. Time back with your family. More time to do the work that is in your zone of genius. Only taking the clients that you like and more money in your pocket. It's all at the Maximum Lawyer Conference. Max LawCon is a two-day event on Thursday, June 2nd and Friday, June 3rd in St. Charles, Missouri. Seats are filling fast. Grab yours today at www.maxlawcon2022.com. So let's talk about citizenship and people who don't know that they have a problem. So, and this is where the comfy chair and the notebook comes in, right? 
So the comfy chair, I'm sitting there. Who are the people that don't know they have a problem, and how do I find them? This is really important work. Who are the possible people that would know people that are thinking about getting their citizenship? Well, in order to get your citizenship, you have to have a green card, so you have to have been here for a while. Well, who might know them? Well, people at religious institutions. So I could go meet people at religious institutions. People at international restaurants, you know, immigrant-owned restaurants, right? One of my favorites is international student advisors, because international student advisors know international students who are going into the workforce and they're going to have money to possibly pay an immigration lawyer. So, you know, you're not going to be able to, you can't get people, well, you can, but you, you, your goal is to get them to understand that they have a problem, like what starts their thought process, what gets them going, and where do those people hang out? Who knows those people? And then, of course, things like YouTube and Google, you're getting them that sort of branding, and that can be dangerous. But if you give them something to interact with you, then they're going to raise their hand. Because at this stage, we're just trying to get people to raise their hand. And then we know people, we have people who know they have a problem, but they don't know what the solutions are. So now, I'm Jim, I'm from Belarus, I'm in the United States. And I know that I need to get my citizenship because if I get my citizenship, I can sponsor my mother and bring her here to the United States. But I have no idea what the solutions are. That's when they get to Google. That's when they get to Facebook. That's when they start searching. They start, or start asking for referrals, right? So these people you want to spend a lot of time on because they at least know there's a problem. So the search bar is a huge thing. The, the people can find you if you're creating the content to answer their question, to tell them that you understand and know their problem. And that's why you've been creating content devoted to people who know they have a problem but don't know what the solutions are. Then you have people who know what the solutions are but they don't know which one is right for them. So now you have to give people a mechanism to figure out how to weigh their options. What makes you stand out? Why are you different? Why are you better? Why are you the one for them? And that's going to come down to language. That's going to come down to passion. That's going to come down to expertise. And that's why I believe YouTube can't be beat. Because with YouTube, they get to see your face. They get to see your heart. They get to see your passion. And it's something that distinguishes you from everybody else in the three-pack or everybody else on Google. Another way that people can find out about your passion and about your expertise is, of course, through prior clients, prior referrals, right? And so these are the people that don't know what solution is right for them. You're obviously going to spend a lot of time marketing to these people and thinking about these people, right? All right, and then we have people who know the advantages and disadvantages of possible solutions but just can't decide. One of the greatest things my colleague Laura Clark helped um, and she's sitting right over there, was that not everybody's ready to make a decision. And at this stage, you really need to be smart. It's totally okay if someone isn't ready to hire you right now. Totally okay. But you have to be able to catch them. You have to be able to stay connected to them. You don't want to be that pushy guy like Brian Reedy was talking about today, where you're just, you know, like a used car salesman trying to sell, no offense, Stephen Lefkoff, where you're just trying to be all salesy and everything. Your job is to be ready when they're ready, right? So, you know, that's where email campaigns like Gary Berger has, where, you know, you're not being salesy, you're not being pushy, you're just staying top of mind, right? And that's really where, when the people who can't decide, if they truly can't decide, you need to get them out of your system 
your main sales system right then. Like you need to let your leads team know who's ever handling your leads. They need to understand to not prioritize those people. I was treating every lead the same and it pained me. I refused to give up on this lead, right? I ref- and, and I mean personal interaction. There's ways to continue the conversation that don't involve human power. And that's what Laura showed me was, the, you know, putting those people into a separate holding place where they got a weekly email and they might pop back up and then they, then we have a system to put them back into the warmer area of our lead software. Very important, very important. And, you know, I like to gather people to me, as you can tell. And, you know, that's hard for me. It's hard for me to let that go. But you've got to be able to sift and sort them. And then, of course, you have the people who are the brand loyal evangelists. You know, those are your referrals and your repeat customers. One of the great things about immigration is if you do a good job for people, you can help them with their, their issue, the next issue, and the next issue. You can help people get from a student visa to citizenship. And then once they're a citizen, they do that. So we, frankly, don't do a great job at our firm loving on our past clients. We're building it. Kelsey's helping us build a system to maintain that contact with people and to really drill down when is their next option available. But it's a little bit different for us because we know there are deadlines and there's dates coming up for them. So is there anybody who'd want to come up here and just real quickly brainstorm with me um, with a different practice area other than immigration, one case type of walking through those five categories of people? All right, come on up. It's Tom, right? Tom's in Manhattan, Kansas, and he's a criminal defense lawyer. All right, so if you were to do that analysis very quickly of which case type you think brings you your most bang for your buck, what would it be? My DUIs. DUIs, okay. And is there a certain type of, I would imagine in Manhattan, Kansas, being a college town, that there's a certain type of DUIs that you get, which would be college students? Correct, yeah, college students and then Fort Riley's right there, so a lot of military students as well. Perfect. Military kids. Perfect, so we have two different totally different markets that we want to... I don't think your marketing to the military brats is going to be the same as the college kids. No, it's, it's a different marketing. Right, and so what ideas for the people who don't know you, like who would come into contact with someone who, other than the police, someone who just got a DUI as a college student or as a military brat? Uh, the college students, it's going to be probably a lot of the, like the bartenders. We, we have a place called Aggieville. It's a four block by four block radius that houses probably 23 bars. So um, the bartenders and then the bondsmen. The bondsmen. Is oh, your, are your phones just ringing off the hook on college football weekends and stuff? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday, and then Monday is, is normally very busy days for us. Yeah, so I would spend time. I mean, the bondsmen would be great. And I'm sure, I mean, a lot of people have a hard time because everybody thinks about the bondsmen. I would encourage you to go like one step further. Not necessarily right now, but just one step further to think, well, who else? Like maybe the RAs or maybe... What we try to do is, is do a, a brand recognition um, and, and kind of the branding beforehand. Yeah. So we get involved with a lot of sororities and fraternities. Smart. We go give speeches to there. We give out bullshit trinkets. I just actually saw, a mag- I, I think it was on Maxim Lawyer, that um, someone had ordered a cornhole uh, yeah. Board toss. Smart. So we've got born ho- corn toss uh, coming in. Actually, it comes in while I'm gone. I think it comes in tomorrow. Nice. And um, so we're going to get like the uh, sororities and the fraternities' names above the, the letters above the cornholes oh. and give them out to the sororities and fraternities. So that way, when they do need us and they're sitting in jail, then that pops in their mind. I would think, too, there's just one other part to it, too, is that they don't want their parents to find out. 
but parents are paying. And so normally oh. what we tell them is, mm. is look, they're going to find out anyway. They're paying your insurance. If you want me to have that phone call with them, we can. Yeah. But or we can be there on the phone with you when you have that phone call. But we need to let your parents know because they're the ones with the pocketbook. Nice. All right. And then so we talked about people that don't know what the solutions are that like, is it it's obviously an urgent situation for criminal defense lawyers, I would assume. Do you ever have people that hire you at, like further along than the day that they're in jail like, after they bonded out? Do you still get hired? Even normally, we don't ever get hired on the day they bond out. Okay. Frankly, what they do is they go home, they're sweating, they're like, okay, my life is ruined. They get on the internet and read all the bad information on there, and then they call us. <laughs> Got it. Oh, we're out of time. Roll this real quick. And then how do you do, you do anything... Like once people reach out to you, do you do anything with them to like continue the conversation? Um, normally what we do is we try to get them set with an attorney. Again, this is changing a little bit, thanks to you guys. We, yeah. We've got an intake specialist now that we're training. But what it is now is uh, we want within 24 hours to have an appointment set with an attorney. And then we talk to them, we, you know, we go through it. And then if they don't hire us right then and there when they talk to the attorney, we probably reach out within 48 hours to say, hey, you know, we've got a driver's license hearing coming up or something of that nature. You know, the request needs to be in. Uh, where are we at? You know, do you need any other questions answered? And so we do a, a third point of contact, not with the attorney, but with the, uh, the receptionist or the intake specialist just to see. I think I would spend some time, too, or if there are time frames, like once you've been arrested, if you know that there's going to be certain things that happen on certain dates or, you know, roughly, if you can estimate you know, if you can do content that's related to those events to educate people that don't necessarily hire you right away. I mean, you can use it for the people that do hire you, but also for the ones that don't. I think that'd be beneficial. I, I would agree. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things that we talked about is going back and implementing something that, that goes out automatically through an email or something like that after they've contacted us to say, hey, it's really good talking to you. Do you have any other questions you need answered? By the way, you know, your 14 days is coming up. If we don't request it, you're going to lose your license. Tell us what else we need to do to help you. Cool. So. All right. Well, let's go ahead and cut it so that Tyson can come up and finish us out. Thanks for your help, Tom. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Maximum Have a great week and catch you next time.